Rusty Quill presents. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club. My name is Tyler Bell. I am your host, the writer, author, creator of the West Side Fairy Tales. Um, and if you are not familiar with these, if you are new to the podcast, you you don't have to listen to this. This is a non-canon, uh, non-fiction episode. This is a supplementary bonus, a uh, little bit of bonus content that we put in in order to uh, let you guys just get to know me a little bit more and for me to just have something always there in the feed for you guys. So you, you don't you don't spend too much time without me, too much time missing me. And, uh, and during this, we talk about horror. We talk about lit, and we, uh, we, we, we are a little club together. So welcome to the West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club. Today I'm going to be talking about the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin, starring Dave Bautista and others. All right, and with all that out of the way, I can talk like a normal human being again. Um, hi, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Hey there. And how are you? I hope you're good. Uh, man, I have been busy. Busy as a fucking bee. I swear to God for the last month. And I, I'm, there's not much to show for it. I'm so sorry to everybody out there, uh, especially my 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 much beleaguered and much loved Patreon people. Uh, for not just getting everything, not putting out as much content as I want. But I assure you, on the back end, I am working my ass off. Uh, written a bunch of stories in the last month. Obviously, uh, the next episode of the West Side Fairy Tales, um, Sin Carriers, is going to be coming out almost immediately after this episode. So look forward to that. But, man... God, I wish I could talk about all the stuff I've been going through. But I mean, uh, the 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 big thing aside, there's something I, I'm I'm doing right now that I can't talk about because it is uh, like trade secrets kind of deal. You know, uh, I'm working with some other people, but um, that has resulted in me having to just do a bunch of fixes. Man, uh, I had to basically just go through the podcast uh, five years of of the podcast and. Um, like it just fix almost everything. And it has been, it's, it's wild. It's really like going in your basement. If you haven't opened your basement door in like six years and just seeing what the hell has been going on down there, or maybe not a basement, but like a crawl space. If anybody that has a crawl space, you know what I mean? 
You, you, you find things, the stuff you thought was going to be horrible and out of place and all fucked up. Not that bad. Not that bad at all. As a matter of fact, completely reasonable and easy to deal with. And then there's other things where you're like, man, I was really counting on that not being an issue. And uh, life just says, fuck you. It is. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but man, oh man, oh man. Uh, going back, listening to six years of the podcast, uh, for those of you out there, that's my rabbit doing that. Uh, ignore that noise. For those of you out there um, that are new to the podcast, um, I started this in 2016. Literally, I think uh, the week after the the Trump election victory. And like, God damn. It's just been a long time and I am constantly getting better at this. And I think I've probably gone through this diatribe a million times in some fashion, but it always just, it never ceases to, to amaze me. It's one of those things where I've made a, I made a ton of progress. And as you, as I listen to my old episodes, I can see all the progress that I made. Um, not necessarily in storytelling quality, although they're, they're, that's there, but like, voices. Oh my God. I always thought my voices were fine, but Jesus Christ, some of them are pretty rough looking back. Um, but mostly audio. Oh my Lord. The audio is so bad. And for some reason, my guitar is out of tune in all of my old episodes. And I don't recall it being out of tune when I recorded it. I think it's just something, Something up. I I don't know how to explain it, but something, something's fucking up. Something's fucky. Something's fishy, you know, out there in, in, in Normandy. But, uh, man, I, I had to go through and redo all that stuff. And it was just like four days of nonstop bullshit, man. I, it was absolutely the most like, this is a job. This job has ever been. It's data entry at its worst uh, editing, pulling stuff out, refixing some of the audio, doing this, doing that, finding things, cutting things out, putting things in. And it has just been a mess. Oh my God. I'm glad I'm done with it. But as things go, it's not, you know, the absolute worst thing I've ever had to do, but just so you guys know, like this week, this month has been full of work, which is why I have not been putting up, putting stuff out. It's all in the, the, the benefit. It's all in the service of putting things out, but it has not been directly actually releasing content, which always sucks too. I always feel like, um, I always get sad when I don't put stuff out because I want feedback. You know, I like it when you guys listen to the episodes, you, you, you talk to me, we talk to each other. Uh, you guys do your speculations and, and look at this and I get messages and emails and all that stuff. That shit's great. And if I don't put stuff out, you know, I don't get that. So, you know, it, it sucks for me too. Um, but hopefully we will return to something approaching a reasonable, straightforward and manageable schedule soon. I, I, I swear to God. In other news, I can't announce any of the news that I have. <laughs> no, um, I made it to a million likes on TikTok, which was is absolutely the weirdest thing uh, because I'm doing it with stuff that is absolutely not connected to this at all to the point where I think I should maybe change my TikTok name. I'm not sure. I mean, it's still just me, but it's my like political stuff and me just giving like political takes and all that sort of nonsense. If you're not interested in that sort of shit, don't go over there. 
I tried doing horror content and like creepy stuff, but it just didn't play. And then just me complaining about shit and just being an absolute fucking juvenile on the internet has been, it, it's great. It's a good way for me to blow off steam too. And I can tell it works because I'll get done after doing like, it, when, it, when the urge hits me, I'll do like a whole like day of doing TikTok shit, which is like usually making like one or two videos because I edit stuff and um, re-record stuff over and over and over again, really. It's the, the fucking pain in the ass part. But man, yeah, my, my, my channel has like multiple, several, millions, millions upon millions of views and one million total likes now, which is cool because it gets to the point where it stops like you, you get up to four digits, right? Um, when you get to the thousands, once you cross over into 10,000, then it starts changing and it goes to 10 K and like 10 point whatever. Um, and then once you get into like, what would be a six digit number, it, it kind of gets into, it still stays like four, but now once I hit a million, you get the M there and that's kind of cool. I don't know. But anyway, it, it's, it's, it's a neat thing. It's a fucking neat thing. And I should be capitalizing on it and streaming and shit. And I'm fucking not. And I don't know why. It's just really hard for me to turn on my uh, my my webcam and just get going. I have everything set up. I literally just need to hit the on button. But there's just something about like my day-to-day appearance that I don't like. But everybody else that I see streaming literally just dresses like scrubs in their own fucking bedroom. Except for all the girls. All the girls. Well, most... Of the girls that are popular streamers, they all fucking put on makeup and stuff, but it is what it is. Um, all that aside, though, I, I, I think um, that that is pretty much the end of the news. I'm, I don't have anything else going on except for all of the shit that I do have going on that I can't tell you guys about. Um, I do have some good interviews scheduled. I'm pretty sure coming up. Uh, we missed one guy. He had to reschedule. Um, Paul Kearns is a, he's a sweetheart. He's out there in, in, in England. And so he's my second. Um, and then we have, I have some really, really good ones. I think or really, really interesting ones lined up and hopefully we'll get to those soon. And, and maybe I'll start interviewing some people. You guys would actually be like, uh, preemptively 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 um interested in listening to because you already know who they are and you're like oh shit i'll go check that out why not but in any case um on to the discussion of fucking (laughs) knock at the cabin by m night Shyamalan. so knock at the cabin by M. Night Shyamalan it's the newest Shyamalan movie it's the first Shyamalan film um, I have seen in years, I can't, no, I do. I remember the last one I saw and it's not, it's not old, but it's about old people. Um, maybe it's called like home sweet home. I, I can't remember. That's how fucking dull that movie was. I think I might've even revealed, revealed, reviewed it on this podcast, um, back when it came out, but God, this movie's fucking boogers. Um, it is Knock at the Cabin is based on a story, a novel called The Cabin at the End of the Universe by Paul Tremblay. Um, he is an author I've reviewed before. He got a pretty fucking mixed review on the one novel that I've read from him. And this novel was actually the other one I was considering uh, reading from him before. I went and saw the movie. Um, 
basically I got cajoled into watching this film. I would never go see an M. Night Shyamalan movie on purpose. It's not because I'm a snob. It's because I fucking hate his films. Like, uh, he hasn't made a good movie at all. Like, an actual, like, good, like, hey, that's a good movie. I'm fucking glad that movie exists since the fucking 2000s. You know what I mean? And, like, even, even if you're out there and you're an M. Night Shyamalan fan, like, you have to admit, man, like, you're liking it in spite of the low fucking quality. Um, and, and this was, this is just an absolute low quality film. And I'll talk a little bit about Tremblay too. Cause now I'm, I'm concerned. There doesn't seem enough. It doesn't seem like there's enough of plot in this to, to, to think that Tremblay's book would have been not ruined by it. But I don't know. I am hesitant. I was already hesitant to read it because Tremblay's part of the, uh, the, the 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 nightmare blowjob circle. I don't know how to describe it anymore, but there's just a small crew of horror writer types that are like mid tier famous that all sort of revolve around this same like this little puddle. There has to be some organizing factor because there's no it's it's a bunch of people that don't actually have conversations with each other that are like genuine friendship conversations. It's all kind of just like. Uh, it's like nods and like uh, fucking handshakes and stuff. It it feels very phony. Um, And I'm not the only person that's noticed this. Like a lot of other people have. And it's a very weird place. He's not like a suit. He's not one of the core members, I would say, but he's definitely like in that area. And um, basically like if, if I, if I showed you this list of people, it would be a list of people who like, I've like gotten, recommendations for their books that just did not pan out a lot of a lot of crushingly mediocre writers or good writers which i think tremblay might be um hampered by some sort of creative interference i believe to some degree but i don't know that that's speculation in any case the plot of this movie is really what i'm getting to talk about the plot of this movie is fucking dog shit dude it is Stupid as fuck. It's so dumb that I was just like, it's, it's, and it's also like, it's not just dumb. It's innocuous, dumb. Like it's dumb for stupid people. Dumb where my biggest concern is like, while I was watching it, I was just like, is this me being a pretentious asshole? Like, am I too old for things? But it, it it's a movie where people get hit in the fucking head with fucking farm implements. So that can't be the case, but it, it it's got, it's just so fucking childish it is like and not even childish in a good way where it's like full of like uh spirit and like enjoy it's just like a edgy ninth graders book like an an edgy ninth graders script i guess in this case that is who i think would be writing this you know what i'm saying like a kid who's just like uh, gone through his first lit class and like knows how to associate colors with things. And that, that's pretty much it. So yeah, I guess I'll just des- describe the plot directly and it's spoilers from here on out folks. Um, I, I, I think on one of these, I said I would tell you where to skip to, but I I'm never going to remember to come back to this point to put that in. So just stop listening to the episode or just gently scroll forward. But I assure you, this is uh this is not a film where uh you can be spoiled. There's not here's the real spoiler. This is it. Just skip 20 seconds ahead right now. There is no 
M. Night Shyamalan twist. There is none. Okay, now you're done. That's the, that. there was the spoiler. Now you can listen to the rest of this review. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, 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 the plot of the film is there is a, a girl who's this little um, East Asian girl. I think she's literally supposed to be Chinese from China. That's not me being like speculative about her origins or anything that she just like literally there's a scene where she gets adopted from like a Chinese nursery. Um, I think I can't remember exactly where it is, but that's what the characters on the wall looked like. I could be wrong, but it just had that vibe. Um, and she's got two gay dads. Obviously they're, I guess, well, I guess you could have two not gay dads be odd, but it could happen Two two and a half Two two men and half a woman, and two two men and a girl, a guy a girl in a pizza place. Um, the 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 movie starts with her collecting grasshoppers in a jar, which is a very like poignant direct image, and you would think that it has something to do with the rest of this movie, and it doesn't. There you go. Maybe in the most tangential way, because eventually every end ends up trapped in a cabin. I just, don't worry about that. But it literally, it's never really gone back to, it's never brought back up again. It's just a f- absolutely pointless. She's out in this fucking field. Dave Batista comes up to her with his gigantic, Dave Batista is shot in the worst possible way in this movie. Um, maybe they were just trying to convey the size of him and they kind of do do that. He, like he's he got really heavy footsteps and that sort of thing, but they have a fucking bad habit of overly tight camera angles in this film that, uh, make Dave Batista's head look like a fucking swollen grapefruit about to fucking explode. The poor guy. He looks like he's about to start dripping blood from his fucking pores because he's got too much juice in his fucking skull, which all, all due respect to Dave Batiste. He's still a good looking guy. It's just the way that the light is on him and the overly tight angles on his head combined with the fa- fact that he's got darker skin. And I think he's the only person in the film wearing a white T-shirt with the kind of color grading that they've got going on. It just all there's a bunch of bad decisions and they all coalesce and making Dave Batista's head look like gigantic round and like a giant fucking blood orange. And it's on screen almost every shot. And he comes up to this little girl and she's collecting fucking fireflies. I can't remember her name, nor do I care to look it up. I I don't, I don't care out of respect for all of the actors in this film. I will not name their names if I've forgotten them so that they may be remembered for something else that they were in, except for one notable thing I'm going to be making absolute fun of. He talks to this girl, they have like a whole thing. And then he's like, Oh, you have two dads. I know about your two dad. You just, you have to trust me and absolutely like let us into this cabin and blah, 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 blah. He makes a bunch of like oddly semi prophetic statements, which are never addressed again. Uh, None of the things that he says to her are done Um, except for one thing, which is like, you have to trust me, which even that is ostensibly never done. Um, and and none of this conversation is reconciled before the end of the movie. It is actually a complete waste of time. 
um, you could cut out this entire first 20 minutes of this film and be okay. But basically, so there's a cabin. Okay. There's the cabin. The girl goes inside the cabin because she's scared or whatever. Uh, and the fucking, she's got her two dads. They're in there. One of them's Jonathan Groff. He's the guy from Mindhunter. And also he played King George in Hamlet or Hamilton, not Hamlet. I don't think there's any Kings in Hamlet, Hamlet named George. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm sure they're all from fucking Amsterdam or something. I don't give a shit. Anyway, she goes in there. They get scared. Uh, the one dad that's the, the Jonathan Groff dad is like a fucking uh, idiot. I don't know how to fucking say it any better. He, he's 
He's a dipshit. And then the other dad is um, a a wounded gay man uh, with a deep untreated PTSD issue. Uh, and he's a little angry boy. He's an angry boy. I feel like these characters are supposed to be representing something and yet they don't. And if they do represent something, I, I, I piss on it. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Four people arrive at this cabin, including Dave Batista and their number. Uh, they're all wearing different colored shirts that are tucked into their khaki pants. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and skip to the end of it. They're all supposed to be the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And it's fucking dumb. It was the one thing that I was spoiled on going into this movie. And I thought at least it would be interesting. Um, they don't have any powers. They're just crazy people. And they have been drawing their dreams um, because they all have been having nightmares. And then they said they met on a message board and now they're there and they all had dreams of themselves wearing their specific colors. And they had dreams to make these absolutely fucking stupid looking goddamn uh, farm implement tools. They call them. These are our tools, but they don't make any fucking sense and they don't correspond in any sensible way to the individual fucking characters. Like one of them's literally supposed Dave Batista is the white shirted one. He's literally supposed to be death. Why is he not carrying a scythe? Why not? What is it too on the fucking nose? Are you going to ruin the spoiler that he's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse? They say it basically in the first like six or seven minutes. It's, it's not hard to figure out. It's very irritating though. Um, all of the four horsemen. Okay. So it's him, two ladies, uh, a, a random black lady. Who's a nurse, another uh, lady of, I don't know what, and she's a fucking cook or something. And then there's a fucking ginger and it's goddamn Rupert Grint. It's, it's fucking Harry fucking Potter's best friend, uh, Ron Weasley. It, it's, with a beard, he's also a bigot in this, a reformed bigot slash guy. All of them have little jobs that are the opposite of their real jobs. So there's this one lady who's famine and she's a cook. Death is a uh, second grade school teacher slash also a bartender. But that's fucking why did they even bring that into the goddamn movie? It's so fucking irritating. Um, the pestilence, uh, is the black lady. She's a fucking, um, nurse. Like I said, and Rupert Grint, his character is war and he, uh, is like a bomb, not a bomb. He's like a fucking gas line inspector in Boston or something. I don't know. Maybe the places where they're from are also supposed to be somehow indicative of their character. But I mean, it's so like, I don't give a fuck. It's, it's really like, okay, you can like fucking layer on all the symbolism you want, but this movie is fucking, it starts boring, it stays boring, and it ends with the wettest fart of a wet fart. These guys start coming up to the house, they knock on the front door, and they're like, hey, we're going to come in, and we've cut your phone line, and there's no cell service out here, so just let us in because you're trapped. And th there's a fucking five-minute scene of them like breaking into the house, and fucking Jonathan Groff and like, the, I don't know why they picked this fucking cabin. It's got glass everywhere. It's all glass. 
It's the most open to the outdoors cabin I've ever seen. All of the doors are glass doors. All of the fucking doors that aren't glass doors are really thin and flimsy. This cabin, you would feel like if it's the centerpiece of this film would be more interesting than what it is. It is a single set piece with an inside and an outside the entire time. And it is fucking dull as dishwater. It is a boring ass cabin. It is just fuck like wood floors and wood paneling. You can see, and we said this, I said this to my friends after we saw the movie, you can see into some of the other rooms at points, but they never go into them for any reason, except for there's a half a fight in the same scene that takes place partially in the kitchen, which looks considerably different. I think they cooked it, cooked in there too. And then also the bathroom, they go in there for a little bit and it looks different, but they're like, they're in there for 10 seconds. And I think I mentioned this before, but this entire movie is shot in fucking a series of close-ups. It's got an ensemble cast and there are rarely shots where there's clusters of people talking to each other like in the same shot. You get like a medium of this person on a couch talking. You get a rack focus shot of three, the, the three people in a row, the two dads and the girl. She has a really dumb name if, as I fucking recall. It sounds like it's like a goofy Shyamalan fucking you know, making up a fake fucking name. I don't know. But like the, 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 everything is bad. The, everything is bad. The lighting is horrible also. And we don't know a hundred percent cause I haven't confirmed this yet, but you can confirm this for me. If you've seen this film, when we went to go see the film, there was for some reason, a a, a delay effect. Uh, if you don't know what delay is, it's that echo when you listen to like a guitar or music and it goes like, ding, 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 you know, and you can change it. And it's da, 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 da. But it's when, when you do an, e- like a, if the, the, an echo, right. That's a delay basically in audio timing. It, it, it has the original signal and then it sends the signal again after a delay. It can usually be used a way to like articulate, uh, like an underwatery submerged drowning type feeling or the feeling of being stuck in a jar. And it starts off like that. And the, the fucking effect comes and goes throughout the movie. And we gave them the benefit of the doubt in the film that, uh, maybe, maybe it was just something wrong with our little theater here in Louisville. But I don't, I don't think that's the fucking case. I, I my suspicion uh, given other elements is that it was an intentional thing that somebody did because they're, they're stupid and bad at making films, but and not necessarily M night Shyamalan. I feel like he didn't make anything in this. There's nothing really, uh, noticeable in this film. That's very Shyamalan that I've seen in his other movies. I mean, maybe he did direct it, but I mean, specific to editing, I think he had somebody else do that. His, his dialogue is there. The dialogue in this film is, is horrible. It is nonstop bad. And also the direction of the way people deliver the dialogue is horrible. And I don't know I if, if it's like a fucking ESL thing with M. Night Shyamalan or if he actually thinks it sounds good to have people talk like it. But you know that the, if you saw The Happening, the first of the most legendary, terrible M. Night Shyamalan movies, the way that Mark Wahlberg talks in that one scene, he's like, no. I don't want to do it. It's a thing. 
And it's like somehow flat and arrhythmic at the same time. Everybody talks like this, especially if they have any ongoing monologues. That combined with the weird stereo shit was horrible. But also the bad camera angles and the lack of interesting camera work at all, at all. No interesting camera work is ever done in this. But all of that together is all made worse by the fact that there is, and this is absolutely an editing thing. There is a weird, like, Adobe After Effects of non-premium edition built in. Not even Adobe After Effects. Like, literally, like, iMovie. It's an iMovie uh, focus effect with, like, um, like a lens flare focus rack effect where you go, like, D-d-d-d-d. you know, it, it's supposed to, like, it's mimicking uh, the autofocus on, like, a, and it's it's horrible. And it, ha- it comes up a bunch of times when they do the rack focus thing that they that they do when they're trying to have people talk next to each other, and it's it's jarring, and it doesn't look good, and the 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 whole film is edited and like um, you know they don't really do this anymore, but uh, you know when you when you develop film, you can develop it in different ways, right? And that used to be a big part of the things back in the day. But you don't really talk about the film's development now. You call, talk, you call it color grading, and stuff like that. And you get a lot more specific because you can control all of these different factors instead of just like you know the specific amount of chemicals and light that you put on it. But I, I digress. But this film has a feeling like it was film and it was developed a certain way. And that way is bad. It has this dreamy quality to it. Um, It's blurry on the edges at times. The colors are sort of overly vibrant and yet muted at times too, especially the darker colors. So like greens and shit really pop. This is one of those things that comes into play when I'm talking about like fucking uh, Batista's head looked like it was going to fucking explode half the time. And I don't know. I've seen a million fucking movies at my movie theater and they all looked fine and sounded fine. This is madness. If that was the case and, and it wouldn't explain the rack focus and other things later, but just suffice to say this movie looks like shit the whole time. Maybe not necessarily like shit, but it doesn't look good. You know, like anybody could film this anybody and it it has that feeling of uh of you know just amateurish semi-competence where somebody was just like i'm gonna make a movie on my own and not like you know you you have like a bunch of multi-million dollar stars here you have a bunch of money to fuck around with you've already bought all of the equipment everything's there just fucking use it the right way you know what i'm saying but it just doesn't it doesn't have that vibe. It's like a fucking a, a drawing with no shading on it. It's just flat and dull and uninteresting to look at and uninteresting, uninteresting to listen to. The score exists. I can't remember anything particularly interesting about it. There, there's the only specific part of the score I can remember is diegetic music in scene that's used in two different scenes. It's Fucking, I don't know. Is it like wake me up before you go go? It's one of those old fucking uh, like bubblegum pop songs uh, that is just I don't know, man. It's just in there, and it's 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 used in scenes, and you know it's gonna get brought up again when it actually does get brought up again. I think it's one of the only fucking recurring elements in this entire fucking show. 
um, that comes back. Everything else is just introduced and immediately put into play and half the time taken right back out of play. I mean, it's like we brought up this idea so that you can go, oh, idea, and then it's gotten rid of. Goodbye. Um, but yeah, the, the soundtrack's nothing. The I would say even the audio mixing's a little off. It's not bad. Like the Foley's fine. They clearly went out of house for the Foley, but the way it's mixed in, the Foley sounds too good compared to everybody else. And of course they do the overly deep thumpy footsteps and, you know, stuff. But I think it's a, a lot of it's because when the Foley artist put the movie together in order to give the, 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 the images on screen, some density and, and, and some, you know, assistance and in portrayal, like, the shots that they're using are just so fucking boring. And the setting is so fucking boring that like there, there's nothing for the Foley people to do other than like, all right, we're gonna... there's Dave Batista's heavy ass footsteps. There's like the one part at the very beginning where they break all the goddamn windows in is the only good part. But I mean, yeah, that pretty much settles it. The, the movie looks sounds and it, it just vibes like shit It is a zero vibe film. Um, back to the plot, the, the people break ins, the four fucking horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Rupert Grint. It's the first time I've seen, uh, Ron Weasley on screen. in like, I think like 10 fucking years, as far as I can tell, uh, he dies first and, um, it's a stupid death. It's a stupid, shitty, pointless death. He's all freaked out. I, I, you know, I'm not even going to get too deep into the plot because I honestly, I don't care enough to recount it all. He is the first for fucking horseman of the apocalypse and they fucking kill him. He puts a stupid white thing over his face. They kill him by hitting him in the head with this stupid farm tool things that they brought. And it's like, why did he bring one? Like, shouldn't he hit himself with it or something? Like, why the fuck are you guys bringing these tools to hit each other with? If you're not even going to use the ones that you have with your own, it's so fucking dumb. But, like, he gets killed and dragged outside, and that's it. That's basically that's it for Rupert Grant's character for the rest of this. There's two flashback scenes that maybe or maybe not it's him, and it's dumb. I won't, I won't even get into it right now. So the fucking – this is one of the first funny things in the film, and it's just it, the terrible pacing of it as well is that they take forever to get to this fucking point. And then he, this guy dies, and it's supposed to be super intense. Um, and uh, – I didn't even say why he dies yet, but I'll, I'll get to it. Cause that's fucking stupid as shit too. Um, it takes super fucking long. And even he's just like, you know, we just got to get to it. We got to get to it right now. Da, 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 da. And they kill him. And they're like, yep, we were, we needed to do it as fast as we could fucking Dave Batista. And then they're like, okay, we're going to give you a whole day to think about this fucking thing. And then like, it wasn't that big of a rush. Cause they could have waited overnight. <laughs> so stupid. But um, so yeah, these guys are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They're not on horses, which pisses me off. There's no fucking horses. They all drive in the same truck together too. You find that out at the end, which is just absolute. It's so fucking dumb. And they're played blatantly as though they are. There's, there's a, an undercurrent of vibe in this that is just not, no one's acting good enough. And then the writing isn't good enough to get it done where it's like, Maybe they're not the four horsemen, but you're like, it's an M night Shyamalan movie. He's a fucking moron. Of course, they're going to be the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And if they're not, this is a fucking government program about whether or not you can get your spouse to kill your spouse. And, and that doesn't even fucking happen. So what they say is uh, there's three of you. One of you has to kill one of the other people as a sacrifice for humanity to avoid the apocalypse. 
This has been happening since the beginning of time. You can't leave the cabin and we are going to kill one of our own number over and over again. Uh, and, and, and each time they kill themselves, part of humanity is judged. And then those people start dying IRL. So there's a TV. They cut the fucking phone line to this place, but somehow the goddamn TV still has reception, which is so fucking stupid. And they turn on the news and you see like, oh, yeah, there's going to be fucking floods and blah, 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 blah. And they name the shit that's going to fucking happen. And it's like sort of correlated, but maybe there's a doubt. It might not be them fucking killing themselves and causing these things to happen, but it fucking is. Um, and so you get to see a lot of uh, a lot of bad CGI. It starts off with a, the best scene in the film, I would say, is a big CGI, CGI tsunami wave crashing down on this island and fucking washing some people away. That's the best one. The thing is, is I like it's filmed on somebody's phone camera, but I don't think they were like streaming or anything. And so like, how did they get the film? But also like, why wouldn't they just be streaming? Like, wouldn't that be the best? Like a streamers out there. You just have a second. Sorry. That's actually a thought. He was never going to do that. My bad. Um, but anyway, they fucking watch this shit and the people are like, that could have happened. Da, da, da. And then they turn the TV off. And this is after Rupert Grint dies and they leave the TV off for a day. And they're like, so you really should take us up on our offer and just like kill one. One of you should kill the other one. You can't kill yourself. Fucking so stupid. So stupid. And, and like Rupert Grint's like, oh, we got to hurry up. We're wasting time. But like, how are you wasting time? Like shit doesn't happen until you guys do it. And so, like, if you're not doing it and you don't kill each other, like, does nothing happen? Like, none of that has gone into. It's just this absolute hard line in the sand, which I guess is kind of Christian bible You know, that's how things happen in the Bible. But also, the Bible's a fucking stupid-ass book. Like, it's full of plot holes and contradictions, and it's it's not really that well-written. We, we, we've done better in the last 2,000 years of, of storytelling. <laughs> And also, like, the point of the Bible is it's about fucking commands. But you never really get into that either because they never explicitly say, um, I mean, it's all Christian coded, but they never really explicitly say it is Christian. I don't think. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if, uh, the, if Islam has four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, I I know Judaism can't have the four horsemen of the apocalypse because that's in revelations and that's, that's Christian shit. So it's literally only Christians that have the four horsemen. Um, I guess everybody has some sort of apocalypse, right? But who, who the fuck, who the fuck knows? I don't, it's insanity in any case. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it, it, even the, the, the better implications of it are never really gone into. The best they get for a sub-narrative is just like, maybe it's not real, you know? And you can kind of, like, fucking, like, I literally, like, it, I, it, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm imagining M. Night Shyamalan watching me watching it through, like, a, a, a one-way screen. Like, he's looking through the screen at me and going, like, can you, do you get it now, buddy? Do you get it now? Like, what the, what if it's real? What if it's not? It's like, I fucking know, dude. I'm not four. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan needs to just make shit for kids. But even saying that, I know that he made that Avatar The Last Airbender movie, and that was apparently one of the biggest pieces of dog shit that has ever existed. So I guess he can't even fucking do that. Mind-blowing. 
anyway, the horsemen kill each other off over and over and over again. All right. Um, the, the next one, they kill the next lady, uh, who is, um, famine. She cooks breakfast for everybody a day later. And then, uh, she gets griefed, dragged outside or no, she gets put on like a bed or something. And like the one guy gets, outside. there's probably some supposed, supposed to be some metaphor maybe with the, the rooms that they're getting taken to. Like she gets to go to the bedroom. The one lady I think gets put in the kitchen. Dave Batista kills himself on the porch eventually a spoiler. Um, but like. I don't know. There's just no, there's no reason. There's no, like, I don't want to look into it. I don't feel like if I understood all of the lore of knock at the cabin, I would hate it any less because like the lore is like, that's icing on a cake. That's supposed to be good on its own. And it really just isn't like, this is not, this is not the quality level, the, of, uh, you know, the, the social impact level of stuff that I would have had to do a book report on in like eighth grade. So like, no, I, no, absolutely not. But every time they kill each other uh, or themselves or whatever the fuck, um, they turn on the TV for another five fucking seconds. And basically the whole movie is convincing the angry dad to kill the stupid dad, which you can fucking see coming from the beginning because stupid dad falls and hits his head and sees like a figure and standing in light in the mirror. I don't know. Um, Jonathan Groff's character is the stupid dad and he's just super boring. And he's, he Jonathan Groff's it the whole time. I don't know how to say that any better, but if you've ever seen Mindhunter, he does that like lean in and whisper insistent. Uh, I don't know. Gay schoolboy like thing. He's just got a specific Groff vibe and he Groff's through this. What if it's real? That kind of bit, 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 bit. And then honestly, like angry gay dad's probably the best acted character. And he's just upset and pissed off and like wants to leave the whole time, which, you know, I get the girl character is there existing. She is useless. She could not be in this film. Nothing would change. It literally would be more interesting without the little girl character because she's not only useless, she, when you put her on screen, she just wastes time. It's just a, a waste of time while the, the grownups are fucking talking here. Her, her, her childishness, her like innocent. None of that has anything to do with the price of butter. She's not involved in the final decision. She leaves during it and goes out and sits in a fucking tree house. She, she's useless. If she's metaphorical for some fucking new spring, new beginning, I don't fuck. I don't give a shit. Worthless character. Get the fuck rid of her. The entire thing would have been better. Also, I just remembered one of the other dumb things. Dave Batista is fucking huge, right? And he, when they break into the house, he comes in through the basement up through like this basement door that's padlocked and breaks his way in. Literally 30 minutes later, the little girl has to try to escape through the basement and the gigantic basement door that he came up through leads to a crawl space that is like so small she has to crawl through it. Dave Batista is eight times the size of this little East Asian girl. She is his fucking calf muscle at best. He's wearing a white shirt and she has to crawl out on her hands and knees through a dirt filled fucking uh, crawl space to get out from underneath the house. And that just pisses me off. This is bad continuity. Just dog shit. Just dog shit fucking writing. 
start to finish. And it is the Shyamalan special. You know what I mean? It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre at this point. But I mean, I guess his movies make money. So fuck Ungats, like whatever the fuck. Anyway, all of these people start. They all kill each other eventually. And we're left with the choice of fucking angry gay dad killing dumb gay dad. And he kills him. He shoots him in the fucking chest and drops. And that's fucking it. The the outside starts catching on fire because it was raining fire from the skies. The 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 plagues are stupid as fuck. The plagues are fucking lame. And also, as I believe, wrong. They are just wrong. Like, I don't, maybe they're not the, I, and it's been a while since I've read Revelations, like literally since I was in fucking high school, I think. But, um, war should just be war. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I guess they, they don't have the fucking balls to do that. So when war kills himself, his plague isn't fucking war. It's just tsunamis, which is stupid as fuck. It's dumb. War's plague should be fucking war. There's plenty of like rogue states out there with nukes have like somebody having been stolen nuke or something and detonate it. Like London's gone because you guys didn't say shit that would have fucking amped it up to a hundred. And like the whole thing is that these guys, uh, angry gay dad says, you guys cannot be, um, fucking, real you're like part of a doomsday cult right and you guys are all doing this and we're just part of this sick fucking game and and the first thing is just clearly a natural disaster and the best that they could do with it was just like oh you fucking taped it you taped it or you knew what time this would be on and it could have happened at some other time have it be a fucking nuke it's kind of undeniable but also it would just equally plant the seed of like you guys are fucking terrorists and this is crazy cult terrorist dipshittery like it would have been so much better it took me two seconds to think of that and it's like just fucking try harder fucking Shyamalan like you're so fucking you're so fucking lazy dude oh my just think for a second you have no fucking responsibilities in life you're rich just think for two seconds and write a better movie famine or yeah what is famine's next and what the fuck was famine's uh, I think famines was just like COVID. Like there was like a severe COVID outbreak, but that's fucking stupid. Cause that should be fucking pestilences thing. Yeah, that's right. Because the next thing is the, the outbreak of sickness, but they go out of order because I think the lady that plays, um, the, uh, the, 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 the black nurse lady is, I think a more famous, well, I know she's more famous than the fucking famine lady, but I think she's famous enough that they're like, we got to keep her in the movie longer. And she has to have like a serious part, but for some reason they're just like, but she has to be, she has to be pestilence, right? This is the pestilence lady. So the famine thing has nothing to do with famine at all. It, in, in, instead of being famine, it's people getting sick, which is, are you fucking stupid? That's pestilence's thing. And it doesn't, it could, it, it, oh, it's so fucking, so fucking stupid. All of these things could have basically been changed. Then when famine dies or pestilence dies, her thing is fucking airplanes falling out of the sky. All of the airplanes stop talking to people on the ground and just jetting into the ground, but not all of them. And it sort of doesn't, it happens sporadically, but also when you're looking at it, 
the planes are just going like, and just like fucking obliterating the ground. And I, I got to say this. This is the thing I was talking about earlier with bad CGI. All of the planes that they show crashing are just the same uh, prefab, like Boeing 747 white wing model that, and it's, it's that every time. And when they show them there, some of them are flying directly into the ground or like the, when they describe it at least, but when you see them, they're never flying like directly into the ground or they rarely are. They're spinning, just kind of spinning. Like you literally, literally like somebody put the 3d model into fucking blender and animated it to rotate on its fucking axis. And then like just recorded that and just kept putting that video in different places and then animating it falling to the ground. They look like shit. And one of the fucking funniest parts of the goddamn movie is uh, angry gay dad comes out considering murdering his uh, fucking, you know, husband and while he's standing there, like looking off, uh, you know, pensively into the distance as like lightning begins to strike the forest around them and set it on fire, which is like the most like undeniable fact of, of everything, whatever. One of the little planes just spins behind his head and it li- it's the worst looking and the most obvious bad CGI it's not even like the right color tone for the sky. I think it's just like clearly, clearly a fucking thing. Like someone's like, put another one in there. Or maybe even it's just one of those, like somebody watched too many cracked.com articles. It was like things that you were snuck into movies that shouldn't have been there. And like, I'm going to sneak that one in. And then like, it just got through and they're like, Oh, actually it looks like shit. And I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, Dave Bautista slits his throat on the front porch. And then like, that's the end. He's like, all of humanity has been judged. And then that's the end of Dave Batista. And we're joking in the movie theater, like that this dude's going to be bleeding from his neck for like five hours, trying to get all the goddamn blood out of his head. Poor bastard. And, um, then that, that's when like everything starts catching fire and they make the little girl go sit in the treehouse, Even though all the trees around her are getting struck by lightning, uh, and catching fire. And then he goes inside and he shoots Jonathan Groff and like, um, they, all the stuff starts abating. They watch the news and the news is like, Oh fuck. We thought everything was going to be crazy, but things, things seem less crazy. Now the random storm that started up where fire was raining from the sky is, is, is done. It's, it's done now. Um, and then they, they get in the people's car that they used to drive there, which is just like a blue truck that belonged to the one guy. Uh, the first guy that died, Rupert Grant's character. And they drive to a diner and like all the people are like, oh, wow, I guess apocalypse just blew over. And then they get in their car and they play this stupid song from before. And there's like the closest thing to a moment in this entire film of like that's actually kind of moderately human. And then the movie ends um, during when they're driving there. It's raining. And uh, the green screen, they used a green screen effect for these two people driving in a car where you can barely even see the backs of their heads. It's shot from the back seat. Literally no reason you couldn't have just gone outside and driven the fucking car. (laughs) No reason at all, but they green screened it. There's nothing even interesting happening. It's just like a big reddish after storm sunset. Like turn a fucking camera on in spring and drive on the fucking highway going west. You did it. Or 
East or whatever the fuck. Like that's that's it, man. That that's the whole vibe. You fucking you've accomplished it. The movie is terrible. It is unforgivably shit. There's so many things that were dumb that I fucking forgot to talk about. Each one of the fucking horsemen has some sort of weird little shit ass backstory. All of them are fucking boring. Um, all of the plagues are fucking stupid. Um, they don't even get on horses. I thought that there was going to be a cool twist at the end. Hope I was thinking, I was hoping really, I was just like, this is you. I'm owed this at this point because I fucking came in here and I'm sitting watching this intentionally that maybe all of the dead bodies would get up because that's what happens is the dead get up and walk the earth. Uh, God damn it. And, uh, nope. That doesn't happen. Like I thought I would see like Rupert Grant with his head all split open, catch fire and hop up on a red stallion and fucking lead the rest of them. Like whatever, you know, black horse, fucking death came on a pale horse like all that shit right and death is supposed to be jesus too kind of like sort of kind of and the other ones like he's the rider on the pale horse maybe maybe not (sighs) and it's like like you're making me feel really fucking bad because like the one good thing i can say that comes from my fucking dog shit catholic upbringing is that occasionally i see biblical references that i get and i'm like hey i read that book i get that reference and uh, that's not it, man. That's not it. It doesn't fucking, it just, it doesn't happen in this. It's like, I just don't, I don't get it. The, the, the plagues, as far as I can remember, the horsemen, just depending on which you, uh, how you translate it actually, are um, war, pestilence, famine, and death. Sometimes instead of famine or war, you have time which is stupid as fuck. Like that's just the dog shit fucking horseman of the apocalypse. Um, and I think that's the one in, uh, on, on, um, the four horsemen by Metallica off their debut album, kill Em all, which is like a fucking actually slapping ass album. It's so weird. The P- the kids that made that album would fucking hate Metallica these days. You'd be like fucking losers, dude, fucking old guys. Um, uh, but I digress. Yeah. Like here's, here's a four, like this is a freebie. All right. Just imagine that this movie's better and it fucking slaps. Okay. Uh, all of the people die. It doesn't matter. The, the stupidest death, by the way, this is one of the things I forgot to mention is, uh, the nurse, the black lady, uh, she gets shot. There's one black character in this and she gets shot. Um, she, uh, she chases fucking angry dad out there. He's all got all the PTSD. So he's got a fucking gun and a little gun safe in his car that is not only unloaded with the magazine out of it, but the magazine doesn't even have any fucking bullets in it, which is just stupid. Like you can keep fucking bullets in the magazines. You absolute fucking maroons, unless it's like absolutely against the law where you are. And if you're going to go to a fucking cabin in the middle of the woods and you're worried about getting fucking hate crimed so much that you like, have started boxing and filling your house full of like uh, guns and fucking hidden weapons and security materials. Maybe fucking bring the goddamn gun inside with you. How fucking, how stupid are you? Yeah. 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 You dipshit. I guess you would have fucking like clipped them all. Cause they can all just die. 
But she she follows him out to the car and she's like, don't do it. Don't get the gun. And he gets the gun and it takes him forever. And she's like stabbing him in the side with this stupid fucking thing that she made. And uh, he shoots at her and misses. And then she runs away like a goofball. It's like in the, in the script, it had to just be like, she flees. And then he goes back inside the house to like get his fucking family. Cause it's tires. It doesn't matter. But um, then he's standing in there and she just sprints in through the door and he just fucking like 180 no scopes her and just absolute clipped right in the chest. Fucking play of the game, play of the game. And, uh, and, and she just gets deuced and then fucking Batista goes over and just smashes her head in and fucking another part of humanity has been judged. So fucking is this such a dumb fucking movie? Um, and it's not even fun. It's not fun. Don't I'm, I'm talking shit and I'm chuckling and shit. It's not fun at all. It's an unfun film. Um, what I would have done different, almost everything, literally almost everything. I don't even like the premise really, but like if I had to keep the premise, I'm assuming that this is based on Tremblay's book. Uh, all of the plagues would have been less shit and more like in line with their, suspicions and had something to do with their fucking characters at all. So like just started off with like war and there's just fuck there's nukes. Make it feel like a fucking apocalypse is happening. But like maybe they're, you know, not that impressed because, you know, we've been talking about nukes fucking forever. Oh, the studio wouldn't release it. Then fuck then fucking chop your foot off. I don't give a shit. Like what does that have to do with the price of butter in Egypt? Just fucking do it. Do it because I said so. It's gonna be a better film. Nukes, three nuclear explosions in multiple cities, like tens of th- hundreds of thousands of people are dead and uh, more nukes are like suspected to be out there. And like, it's like, thankfully the nukes didn't hit like major metropolitan centers and like first world nations uh, because like there would have been mutual assured destruction. So, and then you can have some little parable moment where you're like, Oh yeah. Cause when the best thing that can happen is that millions of poors die instead of millions of riches, then fuck, truly we are to be judged. And everyone's like, we are to be judged or some shit like that. Make them a little bit more culty. Make them get, give them some vibe, dude. They literally show up. Like they're all fucking getting ready to apply for the same job as a plumber's apprentice. And they, they, the costumes are stupid. Their fucking weapons that they have are fucking stupid as shit. But at least that makes sense with war. Then, you know what follows war, but famine, um, by the way, the four horsemen of the apocalypse is literally allegorical to just things that happen all the time. When you have war is the, usually the first thing that happens when everyone starts fucking ending the world, i.e. destroying their own country or civilization. You go to war and you spend too much time at war and it fucks up your food rations. Your food rations go bad. People start getting sick. You get famine. Once you have famine for too long, People start getting sick. They start getting desperate. They stop taking care of themselves. There's bodies in the streets. Pestilence spreads. Once you have a bad pestilence and everybody starts getting sick, then it's death. Everybody dies. But once everybody starts dying, then things can start getting better again. That's that's why it's like that. And that's why the four horsemen have a fucking order in the first place. If you didn't know. And it's also why having time as one of the fucking four horsemen is like stupid as shit. Okay. It fucking doesn't make any goddamn sense. It ruins the parable of the fucking apocalypse, which you, you wouldn't think is a thing that's possible, but it, it is. <sighs> famine can just be famine. Like just 
starvation is just fucking popping off. Just have a bunch of people like literally like there is just a famine now. Like everything doesn't get to be good the next day. Okay. Like, um, because of the nukes, like literally just have it lead into one thing into another, uh, major supply lines have been destroyed. And, uh, we are receiving reports that the fallout from these nuclear weapons is destroying major agrarian centers here, 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 and here. And that also like another nuclear bomb has gone off this time in like Kansas city. So like millions, like literally millions of people are already dead, even though they don't know it because famine. And then you can be like, Oh shit, there's some fucking continuity here. This makes fucking sense. You know, it's like, Oh, this is all just part of your plan. Like you can have that, that sort of vibe, but then keep it fucking going. Right. And then the sickness can come out of fucking nowhere. And they're like, oh, we have reports. What Originally, we, we, we were having reports of stuff that people near the bomb sites, um, what we originally thought might be uh, some sort of like new novel radiation poisoning or radiation sickness is actually a novel virus that is mutating because of this poison like fucking you know it, it's spreading rapidly we strongly suggest that this that people like stay indoors that you quarantine blah 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 blah, and the fucking virus is just blossoming throughout the land right it's just going everywhere and people are dying super fast it's just i don't know super diarrhea so like there's there's news reports of whole city streets filled with blood and shit which sounds like uh, almost I said it funny, but now that I'm saying it out loud, that sounds like fucking Golgothic. You know what I mean? That's like that's fire. That's that's so do- fire, blood, sickness. OK, what follows last is death. And it just it's everything. It's all of the other things. Death is just all of the other things at once. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, we have reports that um, fucking multiple countries have fired their nuclear arsenals into the sky, mutually assured destruction. They're freaking out. And then like, he's like, you know, humanity's been judged. Do the thing. Kill fucking dumb shit, gay husband. And uh, fucking the nukes like literally are evaporated from the sky by like white light. Just <laughs> Some sort of, and people are like, oh, it was a solar flare, blah, blah, blah. And then everyone's like, I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus sitting on the moon. Right. And like, you know, don't end it on fucking sunshine and rainbows like this one. I was like, everyone gets a new start. Like, no, fuck. Millions of people are still dead, dying, and are going to continue dying. Like, you you didn't stop all of the things that led to the apocalypse. It's going to be so much more fucking interesting. And then gangster shit. Just fucking start playing like, uh, I don't know, bah, bah. start playing Gangster's Fucking Paradise by Coolio. I was spending most my life in Gangster's Paradise. That's actually got a pretty fucking like, actually like religious-y vibe to it, if you know the song. And then, then after he's saying, like his husband stands up dead with his eyes all fucking whited out because the dead will fucking walk the earth and he wanders outside to aimlessly wander and he has to like confront like, oh shit, I made a real ass sacrifice. And then when he goes outside, like Dave Batista has killed himself. All the fucking guys, if they're, if the fucking horsemen are going to kill themselves, make them do it in a cool way with the shit that they think war should have a fucking sword that he falls on or that he fucking cleaves himself with. Uh, I think death would have a scythe. I think pestilence has, 
I can't remember what pestilence has. I think it's like a doctor. I think pestilence literally is supposed to, and some of them have like a doctor's stiletto. So like they would slit their own throat or something, right? Death just cuts his own fucking head off with a thing. War puts it through his fucking skull. Um, famines, I think, is a scales, right? And she just like uh, hangs herself with it or something like that. And uh, I think those are right. Maybe she has a trident. I can't remember. It doesn't really fucking matter. But in any case, all of them are fucking wounded and shit. But then they stand up and like their own fucking like blood and brains and skulls are just like frozen, like hovering in place around them. Why like this fucking ethereal, violent light shines from within and fucking uh, Rupert Grint's walking and he's like all red and he just catches fire. <laughs> And just holds his hand out in front of him and a fucking horse erupts from the ground underneath him. And like fucking he's like and fucking rides off with his fucking flaming sword uh, to, to, to complete his judgment because they didn't make the fucking decision in time. Like they stopped the full apocalypse, but people still got to get fucking cracked and fucking pestilence. Hers is just like, she just and like fucking floats into the sky and famine because like famine's like dust and shit. She just goes and blows away like fucking rotten crops and all of the, all of the, the leaves and shit are like dying and the fucking, the trees are collapsing and curling around her, you know, and like, you can't even barely see her. She's just like this, uh, this like form of dust and stuff. And finally, like fucking Batista stands up and he like holds up his hands and like his scythe is there. And in his other hand, he holds his like literal like severed fucking head and like a white light burns through it. And all that remains is his skull. And he like sets it like in front of him and it elongates into a horse skull. And then he just steps up onto like his own horse as it just materializes from like light and fucking like heat and fucking angry dad has to like cover his fucking face. The girl's not there. Fuck her. She's done. She's not even in this fucking movie. And he just watches like as Batista's like shoulders turn to him and you can like, you get a feel for it. You know, the pumpkin head is gone now, but he's looking at him and he just holds up his scythe and just fucking rips the fucking like firmament in half. And just like, it just becomes like night everywhere. Like just a whole foot, like a darkness rips across the earth and he rides into it and all the trees are skeletal. And Jonathan Groff is just like wandering out, you know, away into this like smoking rotten void of forest while uh, angry gay dad stands there with like a gun in his hand. Like, Oh shit. Such are the results of, 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 of a life that we have lived, we have sowed the wind, and now we must reap the whirlwind. Dude, it's the fucking apocalypse. Do fucking gangster shit. Go hard, man. Why the fuck can't people just do cool things in movies? I just fucking made that up. It's how hard. It's that easy. You just fuck make it up. Make it up. Summon in your heart old fucking covers of heavy metal magazine smoke fucking weed if you need some goddamn chemical assistance and just make up the wildest shit just start talking just vomit things into existence and then put them on paper and then have somebody pay for you to put them on film so that i can fucking enjoy something for once god damn it 
How fuck? I'm pissed now. I'm upset. I was going into this like, this is just fun. I'm just having a good time. Now I'm fucking pissed that I can't watch that better movie that I just fucking invented and, and now I don't get to see it. Cock fucking shit sucking balls. Goddamn. That's, that's it. Fucking <laughs> knock at the cabin. Absolute piece of shit. Uh, don't go see it. I think we said that it would be a perfect airplane movie uh, to, to half forget by the time that you arrive somewhere 12 hours later. All right, everybody, that is the end of the episode. Thank you for coming in to hear me uh, whine endlessly about an M. Night Shyamalan film. I hope you enjoyed uh, the little bit of it that you heard. Um, I am, uh, I know that content has been a little weird right now um, coming out, but I've been doing just so much stuff on the back end and kind of just reorganizing things and resettling stuff. And uh, some of you guys know, but I can't talk about it just yet. Um, we have a big announcement coming up for the podcast here in the future and some things are going to be having changed around and stuff, but it's going to be good. It's going to be great. And, uh, you know, we'll get to that and talk about that when, when the time comes, but it has been occupying a lot of my time, but now that it's done and I'm kind of on the other side of it (laughs) for the most part, um, I am, I am getting back to uh, regular content creation and, uh, just going to be start putting stuff out again. So thank you so much. Anybody here who's new or who is just, uh, just hanging out, just stopping by, popping by for the ride. Um, what's up, man? Hello. Thank you for joining us and coming in and sitting through an HLC. If you want more of this podcast, or you're just hearing this last little bit at the end, um, subscribe wherever you are to this podcast, find us on, uh, any podcatcher that you use West side fairy tales, horror and uh, dark fiction stories, West side fairy tales, horror and the club. If you search for it, you'll find it. Sub to us, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash West side fairy tales. It's great. It's good. Get involved. Help me keep this shit going. Um, all that aside, uh, I don't think I have any additional announcements at the end. So, Thank you all for sticking around, and until next time, as always, stay safe out there. Something's not quite right in the quiet mountain town of Targrady, West Virginia. Months after a local teen was lynched in the dead of a hot summer night, two men stand charged with murder in what the majority opinion considers to be an open and shut case. But Adelaide Stevenson, a young crime reporter from Charleston, is finding out the smallest cracks in the official narrative run far, far deeper than she could have ever expected. Join Adelaide and West by God as she navigates small-town secrets, the dubious ethics of her own profession, and the dark whispers of an ancient creature, known to some as the Witcham Woman, who prowls the shadowed hollers that lie between night and nightmare. Sent on overnight assignment to cover the start of the trial, Adelaide quickly realizes the story she's been told, and been telling, doesn't make sense. Cryptic assertions of a concrete alibi are emailed to her by the family of the accused. Nobody in town seems comfortable discussing the basic facts of the case, and the murder she's been writing about wasn't the only tragic death this summer. Adelaide extends her stay against the wishes of her editor, and her investigations take a complicated and dangerous turn as she discovers the true depths of the mysteries surrounding Targrady. 
The only real evidence from the night of the murder may lie in the hands of a notorious local crime family led by an enigmatic woman known as the Fetid Queen. Local authorities seem to grow more hostile by the hour, and even Adelaide's own career might not survive this assignment. Featuring an eclectic cast of characters ranging from violent and horrifying to outlandish and fabulous, West by God is a must-read novel for anybody who enjoys Twin Peaks, Stephen King, and all the creepy places you find just off the path in the woods. It is the debut novel of Tyler Bell, a USMC infantry combat veteran, former crime and courts reporter for the Charleston Daily Mail, and creator of the award-winning West Side Fairy Tales horror and dark fiction podcast, due for release by Henlow Press in October of 2023. Learn more at westsidefairytales.com slash westbygod.